0: Thank you for downloading the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message.
1: All right, everybody. Good to be back. We are in Genesis chapter 35. We uh, did not actually finish that chapter. Um, So we'll pick up where we left off in verse 22. Uh, You recall that chapter 35 is a significant chapter in the life of Jacob it's uh, sort of a, a sanctifying chapter where God um, broke him of his tendency to, to rely on his flesh, go back to the flesh and um, changed his name you're going to be now governed by God and so on and so forth and so significant. Um, then in the closing verses of the chapter sadly we have the death of his wife um, Rachel uh, when his uh, last of his sons is being born Um, She dies in childbirth, and um, it kind of brought it. That's where it brings us up to. So, picking up in verse 22, I'll read up to verse 26 or through 26. It says, "Now, excuse me. While Israel lived in the land, Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Now, the sons of Jacob were twelve: the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn; Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun." the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, Dan, and Naphtali, and the sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Paddan Aran. So uh, let's look at this verse 22 first. Um, Obviously it's a concerning verse uh, because as it says there, well, they're back in the promised land that Reuben, who again is Israel's firstborn son. Israel's is also Jacob, don't forget. Firstborn son that he went and lay with his father's concubine. And then where it says there, Israel heard of it. That's the man Israel heard that my son has just laid with my concubine. Uh, and he wasn't happy, as you can imagine, uh, by it. Uh, Reuben was the firstborn son of Israel via Leah Leah you may recall had a concubine who was Zopa. Israel was also married to Rachel and she had a concubine who was named Bilhah and that's this particular woman so Bilhah was aunt Rachel's servant that had been given to Jacob so that she could conceive a child on behalf of of Rachel, and this is the woman that he lays with. Uh, not appropriate one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, in fact, a grave sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. When the enemy nations sought to defile Israel, mm-hmm. they you know, tried to come and pronounce curses on Israel and all that, and none of that worked. <laughs> uh, and then they finally said, well, here's what you do. Uh, you, you get him into sexual sin, yeah. and that'll That's get right. them. Yeah. Um, when an enemy army would come in and overtake a nation to show their disdain for the nation, they would take the wives of the king and sleep with them. Uh, we have an example of that where on the rooftops of David's palace um, women were slept with and so on. Uh, and so here's this guy now, this thing that was meant to be sort of an act of war almost, he's known to his dad's uh, concubine. And a few chapters later, um, when when Jacob is, Israel that is, is pronouncing a blessing over his children. Um, this is what he says, I'm not sure it's a blessing, um, but this is what he says over Reuben, chapter 49, verse 3. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Sounds good, right? So far. And verse 4 says, catch. <laughs> but you are unstable as water and you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed and then you defiled it he went up to my couch exclamation uh, point it says there it's like he can't even believe it um, and so there are consequences and, and he will lose the, right, the birthright um, as a result of, of that particular sin um, there uh, you know I, I, I also it catches my attention in verse 22 where it says and Israel heard of it um, it's kind of a good thing that Jacob didn't hear of it. I know it's the same man, because Jacob in the flesh may have had a very different response than Israel, who, um, if you will, is in the spirit, you know, governed by God. Um, because it indeed it is a grave sin. Any comments on that?
2: I guess there's no, was there anything guessing in the commentary like how old Bilha was?
1: Didn't say anything about her age. Yeah.
2: Um, no matter. It's still messed up. Well, yeah, what I'm just saying is <laughs> it's yeah, like... Uh, it, yeah, it would that even that just seem... Extra stuff. Unseen... More unseemly if, if she was an older... Like his mother... His mother's age. But maybe she was younger because she was a servant.
1: I think she was younger. Because uh, um, he was older. Um, I so he, think he was 82 when Reuben was born. Okay. Yeah, and... Uh, We don't know Leah's age, I don't think. Um, And I would assume the servant is similar, if not younger, Mm -hmm. you know, so.
3: Isn't it fascinating he went into Rachel's handmaid, not his mother's handmaid.
1: Okay, why is that fascinating, do you
3: think? um, Because he may have gotten some things from Leah that you know, your father mm. loves
1: me, and he mm. loves Rachel. It could be, yeah. Kind of
3: like
1: that warring still going on. Mm. Perhaps, yeah. That's interesting. Interesting that he he speaks up now against uh, Reuben sleeping with the concubine, when he didn't sit when he didn't uh, see, speak up in chapter thirty four till the end about uh, Dinah, their sister, being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he say? Why didn't he say something before they they
4: uh, killed all those guys? And now he he speaks up against. I guess this could be incest.
1: I don't know if it technically, No, I don't think it would be classified technically as incest. But like Josh said, it's messed up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. shouldn't be mm-hmm. happening. Um,
2: Slept with his brother's mother.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he has the same father. So, yeah. So there's still that. <laughs> yeah, still blood.
1: Well, anyhow. Um, <laughs> you can chew on that some more if you'd like. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: but again, it goes verses 22, 23 uh, and following. It goes through the sons of Jacob. It breaks them down by the mom um, and it begins with the two women that. He married. Remember, he wanted to marry Rachel. Um, Rachel's dad switched uh, the older daughter in, and so he he woke up the the honeymoon morning, if you will, with a different woman. And he was like, "What's going on here?" And so that's uh, that's Leah. And as it says there in 23, mm-hmm. uh, she gave birth to six children. Not in this order. Um, they were the order she gave birth to them, but. These weren't the first six kids that other kids were being born in between. But anyhow, it's Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Um, (laughs) You know, I would venture to guess if somebody said, hey, name for me the 12 tribes of Israel that most of us would throw out. Judah, Joseph, maybe Levi, the the priest. The names we'd probably forget might be names like Simeon or Reuben or... Um, Issachar or something like that, and it's interesting because when I think of Reuben, I think of the Partridge family. Uh, that's not oh, yeah. that's you not the interesting part though.
4: That's what she said. Oh, a that's sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking sandwich. Uh, it's because you have yeah, right. an ice cream
1: cone for for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what. I'm a foodie. But anyhow, um, you know, you don't hear a ton about Reuben. You don't hear a ton about Simeon, but you do hear a lot about Judah,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and certainly Joseph. Uh, the rest of the book's going to basically talk about him Uh, and typically the firstborn son is who you'd hear about Uh, but as we we saw in that verse I read from chapter 49 the the birthright is removed from Reuben as a result of the action involving him killing all of those people um, and then this particular action Simeon one would think it would then pass to him he's the second it doesn't pass to him either um, it doesn't go to Levi. Levi's the priestly tribe, something we'll learn about later on, and so then it passes on to Judah.
2: Well, Reuben, it doesn't say Reuben was involved with the killing. Oh, I'm sorry, Simeon, that's Simon and, and Levi. He knocked out the first three for right, right. bad acting. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then it goes down to, absolutely, thank you. Well, I mean,
2: not that Judah was pure either. He had his own What he say? Not that Judah was pure either.
1: No, he wasn't. Yes, we'll hear about
2: that later. They're all messed up. We
1: will get to that, absolutely. <laughs> All right, but it passes all the way down to Judah. Of course, Jesus is the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Here's my conclusion: I wrote, "This is a pretty messed up family, and yet God still used them." And uh, you and I, we are pretty messed up people as well. But God can still use us. And uh, you know, I'm excited. We're we're meeting with a group of individuals from a uh, drug rehab next weekend, and uh, I can't wait to bring. The words of eternal life you know that God can change anybody and work in anyone's life and use anyone so um it's good news all right verse 27 my ipad broke so that's why all the papers (laughs) verse 27 uh Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre or Kiriath Arba that is Hebron where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned now the days of Isaac were 180 years um, and as it says in verse 29, he breathed his last and he died. And he was gathered to his people old and full of days. All right, that's an understatement. <laughs> uh, and his sons Esau and Jacob uh, buried him. So anyone know how old Jacob and Esau are when Isaac dies? Can we know? Do we know when yeah, they were I born? Yeah, I think we know yeah,
4: because you
2: know when they were born. Uh uh-huh, Do you? That's the question. <laughs> well, they were married for 20 years before they before she gave birth. How
1: old was Isaac when they were married? Uh, I'm gonna say 40. Yes. <laughs> he was 40. Which means so he was 60 when they 60, were 60, so they yeah. are now 120? 120 oh, years wow. old when their dad dies, uh-huh. um, and that'll help you next time you're in traffic. <laughs> <to have that laughs> I'm so angry. Oh, 120 years, yes, Lord. Yeah, so, anyhow, any uh, thoughts on Chapter 35 before we move on? I guess the lesson is don't sleep with your father's concubine. <laughs> uh, that, that's I'll your takeaway. Away from <laughs> from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on then to chapter 36. Uh, genealogy chapter, we love genealogies. So, starting in verse 1. These are the generations of Esau, that is Edom. Esau took his wives from the Canaanites, Adah, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, o- Oholabama, uh, Obama. the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zibian, the Hiv- Hivite, and Basmath, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nebioth. And Adah bore to Esau Eliphaz, Beesmoth, bore Reuel, and Olaholabama bore Juash, Jalam, and Korah. And these are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Okay? So Esau, remember, is a contemporary of Jacob. They were twin brothers. Esau's five minutes older, whatever it may be, of the two. We saw they had a contemptuous relationship um which two events pretty much caused it to reach its high point point? one jacob withheld food from his quote unquote starving brother um and demanded his birthright from him he probably wasn't starving um, that's why i quote unquote it um, secondly jacob deceived his father isaac and stole the blessing that would have been esau's so genesis 25 genesis 27 um, but they had a prolonged absence from one another. They were separated at least 20 years. Some people say as many as 40 years. I don't think that's true. Um, but at least 20 years. Then as we saw last time, two times ago, it seems that they made up with one another in chapter 33 um, and kind of went their separate ways. Although um, Jacob does deceive his brother one more time. He says, I'll be right after you. you know, mm-hmm. Don't worry, I'll be there. And then he went a different direction altogether. Um, so my question: Where is Esau at in his relationship with the Lord?
3: <laughs> oh, he said negatives on the scale.
1: <laughs> this land—well, they're all in Canaan. It's still Canaan land,
3: yeah, but, right? Uh, I don't think that's a good country.
1: Well, that's the Promised Land. Uh,
3: this is the promised yeah, so oh, okay.
1: all of them are still in that land. It hasn't become Israel yet. Okay. All right, but you gave me an Eh. You have an ant too.
2: I don't think he's. I think God is doing a work in him at this point. Okay. You know his hatred, his vengeance. That there's no you don't read any more about that at this point. Okay.
1: Yeah. And that would lead one to believe. All right, looks like he's gotten through some things, forgave Jacob, and is ready to move on. Time healed all wounds, or something like that.
2: Yeah, but that wasn't your question.
1: Where's he at with the Lord?
2: Yeah. Okay. Is there a saved person here. Well, that's debatable. Okay. Lean towards eh, to <laughs> just because Mark's sitting
1: next to you. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. no. So, uh what do you think is the difference in what he said and the
2: question, Mark? Um, well, because we have later on in scripture, okay. Where it talks about, you know, Esau despising his birthright and, and it, there's there's spiritual implications there yes so even though god blessed him physically he doesn't share in the pro he isn't he isn't through the line of the promise and i think that reflects on his where spiritual condition yeah
1: yeah okay and you reference a new testament yeah. passage hebrews 12 maybe yeah that's probably it. um so hebrews 12 says it, it's making a connection the teacher of the book is making a connection to our lives and it says and none of you should be like esau who is sexually immoral or unholy. I said that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. Some versions use the word profane um, and uh, sexually immoral is the word that I use there.
2: Now. But if you were to say, if you were to ask me what do you know from here, what do we know? It never mentions, he doesn't mention at all that he set up an altar that he called the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's actually, there seems to be no Religious activity on his part.
1: Now the phrase though sexually immoral is oftentimes almost always associated with uh, False worship okay. in okay. that place there. Yeah. So it doesn't really say it, but the New Testament does, right? If that's what it means as it does in almost every other case um, So certainly the New Testament doesn't paint a very positive light now a counter argument would be At the time that he sold his birthright, he was sexually immoral and profane, Um, but he had a change of heart as he moved on. We don't know, really. I hope that's the case. Um, He's never talked about again um, as like a person, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute, um, in the rest of the book of Genesis, and then he's just sort of referenced from time to time in different places. Um, He, the, the only time he is referred to, I said not as a person, He's referred to as a nation in other times uh, in the Old Testament because his descendants would form a nation that they would call Edom, which is sort of like his nickname. And so you'll see the name Edom again and again and a in, thorn the in the scripture. The they are a thorn in the side. Now, that doesn't mean he was, <laughs> no. but you're right. But uh-huh. all
2: his descendants.
1: Yes. So that's all we can say really about him. We can conjecture the rest of the evening if you'd like, but that seems silly. Um, so our friend Esau um, anyway let's move on starting in verse 1 it says these are the generations of Esau look if you look at chapter 37 verse 2 it says these are the generations of Jacob now if you read those two chapters, they're very different because chapter 36 will give you a list of names. Mm-hmm. Chapter 37 just goes into a story, essentially. And the word, same word, it can mean two different things. One is essentially the genealogy of Esau. The other is the history of mm-hmm. Jacob. Um, so it's the same word. That's why it's translated typically the same in your version as sort of a constancy, but it uh, it means something kind of different. Um, or, so. Very two distinctive perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, This is what we know from Genesis. Why don't we turn there? You guys have Bibles. Chapter 25. (laughs) Chapter 25, verse 23, or click there for (laughs) you modern people. This was when Isaac and Rebekah... Uh, Rebecca was pregnant, about to have a baby, uh, twins, actually. Um, and in her womb, there's all kind of fighting going on or whatever between the two twins, which is a bad omen, I guess you might say, of what's coming. Um, these two little boys. And then it says in verse 23, And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your wombs, womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Right? So the Lord speaking, I don't think if the Lord speaks it's a prophecy, um, so I guess it's a declaration. The Lord declaring that these two children, of these two children, two nations will come. And we know of Jacob, the nation of Israel, of Esau is this promise of the nation of Edom. So this chapter is a fulfillment of Genesis 25, or it's evidence of the fulfillment of uh, Genesis 25, 23. Okay, Doki? Okay. Yes. So, so let's jump in and look. Verse two. Esau took his wives from the Canaanites, as we said, Ada, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. So the first wife is Ada. Um, the second one is oh- Oholibama, She's the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zimeon the Hittite. Uh, Ziban, excuse me, the Hivite. So in verse two we learn that two of his wife wives came from the daughters of the Canaanites, uh, which as uh, Ruth kind of pointed out, that doesn't sound good. Um, yeah. All right, now look at verse 3. It tells us that he married a third daughter, uh, or excuse me, a woman, um, who is the daughter of Ishmael. And there it says, and Basemath, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nabioth. So pretty straightforward. Uh, he marries three different women, Adah, a Hittite, a Holy Bama, a Hivite, and Basmath, the Ishmaelite. Right? Mm-hmm. There we got it? We got a problem. I'm
0: the, oh,
1: granddaughter of Zubin. His names are. Yeah. But we have a little problem. Let me read to you. Well, you turn there. Uh <laughs> Genesis twenty six. Okay, so who were the three women that Genesis thirty six tells us he married? Obama's
2: mama.
1: Oh. <laughs> a Holy Bama, a Da, and Base Math, or something it nice like that. You <laughs> okay.
2: 26,
1: all right, now in 26, starting in verse 34, it says, When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, the daughter of Elan the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So in that chapter, the point is just that he married these two Canaanite women and whatever. But for our purposes now, it introduces this lady named Judith. Yeah, as well as this lady named...
4: This is like the So... It's not, yeah, it's, <laughs> now...
1: Um... So... No mention of Judith in uh, Genesis 36. Se- secondly, notice this, and you can flip back and forth. Genesis 26 tells us he married Basemath, but that she was the daughter of Elon the Hittite. If you go back to... Um, where we are here, 36 uh, 3 says that Basma's father was Ishmael, and Ishmael was not a Hittite. That's a problem, Ruth, isn't it? No. Nah, no, nah, we just got to dig a little. It's all good.
3: There's something that this guy got to make mistakes. Sing
1: it, sister. Now, <laughs> chapter chapter 28, there's another woman involved. All right, so in 28, verse 7. It says, so when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahaloth, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Now, the problem with that is, in Genesis 36, it tells us that the daughter of Ishmael was Basemeth. So, again, is like the Bible wrong or what? So, were Esau's wives Ada? Aholibama and Basmeth, as Genesis 36 states, or were they Judas, Judith? I mean, Basmeth or Mahaloth, as chapters 28 and 26 and 28 state. And the answer is yes. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> what? How do you know?
1: So, what do you mean when you say yes? Because I said different names.
2: Who says they're all the same people? So, yes. are you yeah, suggesting I, that he had? F- I've, I've read. Different commentaries on that verse. Oh, did you? (laughs) There's, there's really no consensus. It's either he had more than the wives mentioned here, and they've mentioned sporadically in different parts, or they went by different names.
1: Okay, I think it's a combination of both.
2: They're 120 years old now. Yeah, (laughs) at this point, right? Or thereabout. How long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe that. <laughs>
1: I'm not base math. She's basemath.
2: Maybe the original base math is gone. Okay. She didn't is make part it. of common
1: core. <laughs> well, oh yeah, yeah.
4: There's more than one roof around. So
1: I guess yeah. there's a, a variety of things. I think it's a combination of where John's going. Is mm. one is that he had more than three wives. He had four wives. I would suggest to you. Um, and I'll tell you why I don't think the fourth wife is mentioned in chapter 36. The other is that they went by different names. And sadly, Basemath was the name of two of his wives, um, a nickname of one of them. So
4: I the,
2: can't
1: remember. <laughs> the Oholabama
2: <I> <laughs>
1: is also called Basemath. So and so then does have the same family line and Dude, so on. Maybe
2: if Basie was the say to say, Oholabammy.
1: Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Could you get those out, my good friend? All right, so I got a little chart here for you. It's nothing special. I didn't have time to dig too far in. Nice. Thank you. Don't get too excited. Um, Esau, the man at the top. The next line would be these four women whose names we have. uh, Adah, Basemeth, Oholibama, and Judith then the children underneath each. So we learn in chapter 36 that Adah only has one uh, son that's listed, Eliphaz. Basemeth, that, that particular Basemeth, only had the one son, which is Ruel. And then Oholibama had three children, jeush, Jelum, and Korah. Now Judith, the idea would be had no children, mm-hmm. and thus she's not mentioned in chapter 36 because these are the generations mm-hmm. that come from Esau, and she didn't have uh, or contribute to that, if you will. We also learn, and we'll read it in a moment, in chapter 36 that um, Eliphaz, his sons are listed underneath him, but he also fathered a son through a concubine whose name is Timnah. Uh, and you can take notice her name, or his name, I should say, is Amalek. And Uh-oh. That, I know. All righty. So. That is for your viewing pleasure So uh, just you know, just in case If somebody says you know the Bible can't be trusted Just look at Esau's descendants There is an answer um, I don't know Anybody to it. Any of those reality
0: shows enough drama in this book <laughs> Okay that's funny <laughs> um,
1: So we move on uh, The generations of Esau um, Let's see here uh, da, 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 da. he takes the passage continues he takes his four wives oh, i'm in the wrong chapter uh, and they head to the country of seir we read this starting in verse six then Esau took his wives his sons his daughters and all the members of his household his livestock and his beasts, and all the property uh, that he had acquired in the land of canaan and he went into a land away from his brother Jacob Seems uh, interesting. For their possessions were too great for them to dwell together. The land of their sojournings could not support them because of their livestock. And so Esau settled in the hill country of Seir. And we showed a picture of that last week. Um, That's south of and to the east of the Dead Sea. And it's actually outside. Maybe some of it is inside. But the majority of it is outside of the land of Canaan or the promised land. Um, and that's where he goes to live. It'll become his kingdom as well.
2: So they're saying. So when was this supposed to have happened? After their after his father died, because doesn't it say when he met Jacob that he was going down to see see her?
1: Um, like I don't know him. the answer to that.
2: Come well, with we me, Jacob, and then that's when he tricked them and went the other way. So it seemed like he was already there. Maybe he's already there, and he said, "Okay, this is good."
1: And then he goes. Well, one of the things we're going to see in the next chapter is it's not necessarily chronological. Okay. That it's sort of like all right now. Let me. I'm talking about this topic. Right. Now let's talk about this one, and you kind of overlap over it. So maybe the same type of thing is happening. So, alrighty. So, um, if you look on a map, uh, you might see the word Seer, an old map, obviously, um, and or you might see Edom. Which again is his nickname and the name of the nation or the country or that he formed. Okay. All right, verse 9. These are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. If you look at the chart I gave you there, it has Eliphaz, uh, who is the son of Adah, the wife of Esau, just the one. Then it has Ruel, the son of Basemath, the wife of Esau, again, just one. And then the sons of Eliphaz are listed. And I think there's five of them, Temen, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz, uh, or Kenaz, something like that. And then you'll notice verse 12, Timna, Timna was a concubine of Iliphaz, Esau's son, and she bore Amalek uh, to Iliphaz. And he is not a good, his descendants are not good for the nation of Israel. Uh, constant strife or lots of strife. All right, so that's Iliphaz. Now... Uh, it says these are the sons of Adah, Esau's wife. It kind of wraps up that side of the family. Verse thirteen: These are the sons of Reuel, uh, Nahath, Zerah, and Shema uh, and Mizah um, is listed there. These are the sons of Basemath. And then the third part of the family: These are the sons of Ahohibama, the daughter of Anah, the daughter of Zibian, Esau's wife, and she bore Esau, Jesh, Delam, and Korah. And no mention. Uh, beyond there, and of course, as yeah, I said,
0: I'm looking at your diagram, and it's interesting because none of her children were bore any children.
1: That we have like listed kids? for us, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh So oh, that yeah, would coincide with verse 14. That's
0: on that. Maybe just didn't
1: make it into. The uh, I don't know why they wouldn't be listed, right? Right. Um, no, so. I thought like
0: you just said something about we we really. You know.
1: Well, I, I couldn't say categorically. Um, but they're not listed. Um, so, but it doesn't say.
0: So I can't get that. She married.
1: did not have three children. Yeah. You know, so. um, all right, verse 15. These are the chiefs of the son of Esau. So the family begins to develop into a kingdom. They sort of start dividing into tribes, if you will, of that kingdom. And verse 15 and 16 uh, the, are those that are the sons of Eliphaz. And as it says there, the chiefs are, and it names them, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Kenaz, Korah, Gatam, and Amalek. Now, there is a Korah listed under Aholibama. You see that there? Um, that doesn't mean that this is the same Korah. So this particular Korah could be a grandson that's not provided for us or or something like that. It says that he's a son of Eliphaz, of so... Uh, it's probably a different person than the other one that's listed there. All right, second set. I know you're having a great time with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second set, verse 17, uh, are those of the children of Reuel. It says, these are the sons of Reuel, Esau's son, the chiefs, Nehath, Zarah, Shema, and Mizzah. It's just their names are listed. These are the chiefs in Reuel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Basemeth. And then the third set has to do with Obama. And it says, these are the sons of Obama, Esau's wife. The chiefs are Jewish, Dalam and Korah and they are those that were born to Olibama. all right verse 19 these are the sons of esau that is edom and these are their chiefs
2: it's interesting that they said the chiefs and they list those three guys who don't have any kids yeah so i don't know, I, I would assume that means they must have had kids Could you
1: yeah who, who are you in charge of yourself <laughs> maybe or their. um Possibly. all their uh, what's the word that's used there, like servants or whatever that came with them? But they wouldn't be in the family line, though. Right. Um, but they'd be in the nation, maybe.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. I don't know. That first generation, only one person was not able to bear children. By that following generation with Amalek, there three experiences. And it's like the sin just kept growing and the punishment kept growing. And... I don't know. Uh, Certainly something to consider. Yeah. You know, like something's not
1: quite right. I don't know. Well, as we move on to verse 20, now it's going to introduce us to Seir, S-E-I-R. I I think I'm saying it correctly. Um, And he was the head of a clan of people that lived in the land prior to Esau and the Edomites coming to that land. Um, that land was called the land of Seir. It eventually um, changes over. So we're going to now be given a list of his descendants. So they start in verse 20, and it says this. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land. Um, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon. Uh, it's confusing. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the sons of Seir. And then it starts in verse 22, and it deals with seer's first son again what's his name
4: Ten.
1: you're paying attention good and they they had two sons hori and hemim and then also a sister uh or i guess an aunt in the family was timna verse 23 the second son is
4: Shobal.
1: Shobal. very nice and uh, Alvin, Simon, Theodore
4: uh, uh, wait a
1: minute it doesn't say that it's Alvin, Manahath, Ebal Shefo and Onam uh, third son uh, is Zibian, uh, and here it's Aya and Anna he is the Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness so he's pretty cool he ran like a spa and he pastured the donkeys of Zibian, his father um I heard somebody just died in a hot spring at Yellowstone or something.
4: Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah like I
1: burned out. It was like 200 degrees or something. Oh. Yeah, it fell in or something. Good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Verse 25. These are the children of Anah, which is Seir's fourth son. And they are Dishan and Oholibama, the daughter of Anah. How about that? Um, not the same one as Previously, just a very common name in those days, Oh Holy Bama was. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, verse 26 these are the sons of Dashan, which is the fifth son, Hemdan, Eshban, Ithron, and Shiran. Notice they all end in AN. I wonder if that means something. Um, it might. Verse 27 these are the sons of Ezer, uh, Bilhan, Zavon, and Akan. Apparently, it doesn't mean anything. Everybody's says, <laughs> Verse 28 these are the sons of Dashan, uh, Uz, and Aran. And then finally, 29. And these are the chiefs of the Horites. The chiefs, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Deshan, Ezer, and Deshan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, chief by chief? Chief by chief? Oh, chief by chief. I got you. Chief by chief in the land of Seir. That makes sense now. Okay. Fascinating, huh? (laughs) All right. Verse 31. Now we're going to get some of the kings of the land. Um obviously their meaning of king might be different from how we might use the term because they all have their, there's a bunch of them, not just one. It says, these are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, the son of Beor, he reigned in Edom, the name of his city being Dinhaba. Bela died, and Jobab, the son of Zerah, of Basra, reigned in his place. Jobab died, and Husham, of the land of the Temanites, reigned in his place. Husham died and Hadad the son of Bidad who defeated Midian in the country of Moab reigned in his place the name of his city being Avith Hadad died and Samla of Masrika reigned in his place Samla died and Shaul of Rehoboth Delaware on the Euphrates up oh, different Delaware a different Rehoboth uh, reigned in his place thank you Mark Shaul died and Baal Hanan the son of Achbor reigned in his place Balhanan, hanan the son of Akbor, died, and Hadar reigned in his place. The name of his sitting being Pal. His wife's name was Mahetabel, the daughter of Matrid, daughter of Mizahab. All right, couple things You wanna, I want to draw your attention. Look in verse 34, the, the, 33 and 34. Take your little finger and co- cover up the last two letters of his name.
0: What do you say? Who? Which one?
1: Jobab.
4: Job. Yeah,
1: and? there there are some that suggest that this is where that this is Job the book of Job mm-hmm. and how he fits into the book of Genesis um, you know that Job is listed what uh, 20 books into your Bible something like that yeah. um, but it's a poetic book in that section of scripture chronologically it comes okay. back during the book of Genesis so there are some that suggest that this is that Job and that his counselor that comes to visit him, Eliphaz, mm-hmm. if you read the book, Job, is the guy we read about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no evidence that that's the case. Mm.
0: Um, Again,
4: no evidence.
1: It's just where people suggest it. And uh, you know where they suggest it from, from this uh, listing here. Um, certainly, this is not something you'd want to fight a war over because nobody right. really knows. Right. Alrighty, but nonetheless, i like to point it out to you. Um, Verse 31 tells us that these are the kings who reigned reigned in the land of Edom uh, before any king reigned over the Israelites. Now, who wrote the book of Genesis? Moses Moses did. When did Moses live, approximately? A
0: long time ago.
1: Okay, I need a little more, a little closer, (laughs) a little closer.
2: Well, before there were kings.
1: Okay, well, I, I need a year, like give me a century.
2: 2,000 was Abraham, right? Correct. So 400 years plus. Yeah. 1,500.
1: That's exactly what they estimate. About 1,500 B.C. Moses lived. I
2: was going to say
1: that. Well, you would have been right. (laughs) Um, When did David live, approximately? 1,000. About 1,000 B.C. So that's 500 years after Moses, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. So Moses is writing, verse 31 in faith that Israel will have a king over it because we are oops we are told in chapter 35 verse 11 this was a promise that God gave to Jacob in chapter 35:11 it says and Moses wrote these words too and God said to him I am God Almighty be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. And so before Israel even had a king, M- Moses, I would suggest, again, writes in faith that they will have a king someday. It wasn't necessarily a good thing, but it was what it was. And I think that's fascinating. And that's all I want to say about that, <laughs> Forrest Gump. All righty. All right, so uh, verse 40 uh, additional listing of chiefs. Um, these are subsequent generations of um, following. It starts. Uh, it says these are the names of the chiefs of Esau according to the clans and the dwelling places by their names. The chiefs Timnah, Alva, Jetheth, Oholibamah, Ela, Panan, Kenaz, Taman, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Iram. These are the chiefs of Edom. That is Esau, the father of Edom, according to the dwelling places and the land of their possession. And that is chapter. 36. You're good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Can we do chapter 37?
2: So yeah. there were a few. That right now? Th- sure. Yes, sir. I was going to say, there were a few other names that, I mean, it's interesting. When you're using it. You've got Basra mentioned, which is comes up later. So Where it's you? him who comes out of Basra with his, with his uh, robe stained red. It's, it's in the prophecy. It's okay. In verse 33.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you.
2: Okay. And then you've got Moab in verse 35. Which I think that's the first
1: time that's mentioned. Uh huh.
2: So it just seems like they're it's calling out places that are going to come up Yes. Later. And, and we
1: saw that a lot with genealogies. Many times they're mentioned, like as that bridge or so.
2: Mm.
1: So keep your eye on them. All right, ready to do a little chapter 37? Yeah. May I say that Joseph, that's uh, going to be the, the focus of the next f- 12, 15 chapters. Joseph is one of my favorite people in the Bible. I just love this guy, um, and I think it's because he's a neat guy and all that stuff. But when I first became a believer, um, that first summer when I had a little more time, wasn't in school, I read a book called "God Meant It for Good," and it was a it was a study of the life of Joseph and. Uh, it just, I just started falling in love with the Lord at the same time I was reading the book and so I've always liked Joseph because it kind of brings me back to sort of where it all started um, So, it's yeah, Coke too Coke does too, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true he's, it's he's true. one of the
2: few people in the Bible that really doesn't say anything bad about him.
1: it doesn't say uh, anything bad about him unless you read into things like right. you, all, you know yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. or um, Daniel doesn't say anything bad uh, about Daniel Samuel, is that true? Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, I'm not sure about
2: it. Not many. The only thing you really say about Samuel is about his kids. Yeah, so, but, mm-hmm. n- but not, not against him directly. Yeah,
3: but he didn't raise good kids. <laughs> no, that wasn't
2: Samuel though, was it? That's Eli, yeah. Eli the high priest. Eli's yeah, so Samuel William takes the place, if you okay. will. Um, so there was something about Samuel's sons. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Oh, he had sons, okay.
1: All right, so anyway, we're looking at Joseph, so I'm <laughs> excited about this. Uh, it says in verse 1, Jocob, Joseph, excuse me, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings uh, in the land of Canaan, and these are the generations of Jacob. Remember, that word can mean sort of the, the history story. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report to them, to their father now israel loved joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe of many colors but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers they hated him and could not speak peacefully uh, to him Alrighty. ready that doesn't sound good it's a little foreshadowing there um we are now going to transition once again in the book of genesis so we sort of begin with adam then we begin kind of dig in and look, start looking at noah and then I guess the next one is Abraham we start looking at, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and now we're going to transition to Joseph. Joseph is not typically listed as a patriarch in the sense that usually Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the patriarchs, but he's sort of in that line that we would look back to like the forefathers of our country or something like that, uh, in this case of our faith. Um, and as uh, Josh pointed out, nothing's negative. nothing negative is said about him and I think Joseph, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story. Um, but Joseph is a remarkable example, a, a remarkable example of persevering by faith and in the faith um, despite life's difficulties. Um, he triumphs by his faith over his enemies. Uh, and I think his just about his last recorded words or second to last recorded words that we have in the Bible, it comes from genesis forty nine. I think they just give you such a picture of what was going on in this guy's heart. And so Genesis 49, 20, it says, he's talking to his brothers and he says, as for you, my my brothers, you meant for evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Now, if you're not familiar, uh, I'll give you the quick rundown. Uh, He's despised by his brothers. He's forsaken by them. He's beaten and thrown into a pit uh, to die. Then he's sold off into slavery because rather than kill him, let's try and get some money for, off of him. And so they sell him off into slavery, the New Testament says, despite his many tears or, or something to that effect. Um, while he's there, he becomes a, he's sold again as a slave. Then he's wrongfully accused. He ends up in jail. He's forgotten about in jail um, and so on. It's 30 years of his life. 30 years of his life. Um, And then he comes through all of that, and at the end of it he says, God did all this in my life for other people's good, and I'm glad that he did, is what he says. That's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. That's something.
2: So in that way, he's almost the first type of Christ that we see in a person. Even the fact that he's going to be wrongly accused, he's going to be wrongly... Oh, yeah. He
3: sold for thirty
1: pieces of silver. Oh, there you go. He sold for twenty shekels, but the price of a slave—different yeah. uh, price at the time. But yeah. you're right. Same point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. led
2: family, family
1: coming there. Going down to Egypt. You mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. there are there. Like you said, something. He's probably the first type of Christ or whatever. I'm sure there's like other tiny little types here and there. But his like whole life. Is a type of Christ, Um and it, it's it's pretty remarkable.
2: And that his life would be going to be benefiting
1: other people. A, yeah. a
2: lot of people saving a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it wasn't just he didn't just end up saving his rest of his family. It was all of Egypt, right? And other nations.
3: Yeah, and yeah, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then spiritually. All of us, you know, because if the Israel, or Jude, line of Judah, and all of them died, right. there's no Messiah. Um, so that you can certainly make all the correlations to Christ, and I think that's um, neat to do. I like to make the correlations to my own walk with the Lord, um, and one of those would be simply this: is He demonstrates a remarkable ability to trust in the goodness and the sovereignty of God despite the circumstances. And uh, and I think that's a lesson uh, for each of us. And so, uh, digging in, it says in verse 2, Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wife. And Joseph brought a bad report to them, to their father. So, Joseph if you recall, was the firstborn son, is that for me, big guy? You're the best was the firstborn son of Jacob and Rachel um, and Rachel was his favorite wife um, kind of gives the impression in an early age of his life, he's a little bit of a tattletale in verse 2, he's out there and um, but I don't know if that's fair, I do know today snitches get stitches, so just be <laughs> careful, you know, that's what I'm told but he was honoring his dad in that, so he may not be a tattletale. So I'm just saying what I'm seeing. All right. Anyhow, he comes back and he tells his dad, and I'm sure his brothers love that. It just sort of sets the story up. Verse three tells us that he loved him so much because he was the son of his old age. Now we have an idea of how old he was, but you gotta do some math. So if you got your phone, you want to dig out your calculator. Or I'll just tell you the okay, answer.
2: So. I'll just tell Mark to <laughs> do There you go. Mark. <laughs> do it
1: in his head. Uh, it's estimated that uh, Jacob, I always get the names mixed up, Jacob was 91 years old when Joseph was born. And the way they figure that out is this. Uh, he was 30 years old when he began working for Pharaoh. That's Genesis 41. Uh, there was seven years of plenty that's also found in genesis 41 and two years of famine before jacob was brought down to egypt mm. and then he remained there for five more years um, so 37 to 2 that's 39 years mm. so we know that jacob was 130 when he met pharaoh mm. which is again genesis 47 9 so if he was 130 when he met Pharaoh and Joseph was in Egypt 39 years, you do the math and it, it comes out to that he was 91 years old when, uh, that his dad was 91 years old when he was born. So that's pretty old, son of my old age. And not only a son of his old age, but also the first son of the favored wife and you know that we've been trying forever and, and all those kinds of things. And so um, there you go, lay that out there. Uh, It's estimated that Jacob's other sons, Reuben, who was uh, the first, through Zebulun, uh, so not including Benjamin, who we read about, uh, that they were born between the ages of when uh, Jacob was 65 to 81. So I bring that up because when they're having these little interactions, Reuben is there and is 45 years old, Approximately, and the next closest to um, Joseph is going to be 27 years old, and then uh, Joseph is 17 years old. So there's a big gap, a 10-year gap between the oldest and the youngest, and l- almost a 30-year gap between the very oldest and and so on. Okay.
0: You know how that goes. Zebulun? You know like how that goes? Zebulun. Zebulun. Is that what you said? Uh, there, I see
1: Zebian. I see Zebulun. These names are so confusing. Where are you reading?
0: Um, I'm just looking through the names for the Z names because I'm looking for what you just said.
1: Where are you looking? Like in the right back where of your you Bible?
0: Reading? No, I'm, I'm uh. in what we just, the piece we just went over.
1: Are you in chapter 36 or yeah, 37?
0: 36.
1: Okay, so we moved on to 37 now. Okay. So 36 was Esau's family.
0: Okay, well, you were just referencing them, so I was back there looking at their family tree, and I didn't see
1: that name. So. Okay, so let me clarify. What I was referencing is Jacob's line, um, not Esau's line. I think,
0: yeah, it's a little confusing. Sorry about that. And Jacob's, <laughs> no, it's not you. It's the material. <laughs> okay.
1: So Jacob's line has will have the 12 boys, Joseph being the 11th-born boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, four different women. Um, the oldest is Reuben and he's about 26 years older than Joseph. Um, The next closest in age, besides the younger brother, the next closest in age to Joseph is a man by the name of Zebulun, and he's 10 years older than Joseph. Um, So uh, clearly everyone knows it uh, in that day. Joseph is the favored son uh, remember that whole baby race. I was thinking of the arms race, you know, between mm-hmm. Russia and America. Mm-hmm. The baby race between Leah and, and Rachel. It's right. called up with the family. Favorites have developed. Everyone knows who they are. There's bitterness uh, in the home. Jacob makes some mistakes. He gives his son a robe of many colors. Now, there's some things we need to know about it. It wasn't just like a peacock running around or whatever. The phrase, the phrase could mean that's funny. Could mean uh, like long coat with long sleeves, that's
0: what and I've so heard it had sleeves, so it meant a little bit
1: more regal. Yep. Yeah. All right. So it has to do with regality. It has to do with sort of honor. privileged honor. It it was worn by a person that wasn't a field hand but sort of like a guy in the office complex kind of thing. And so it, in giving it to Joseph, Jacob is essentially saying, you're my favorite son, and you're the birth, the birthright's going to pass to you. Now, it doesn't, but that's what he's declaring here. Um, so it comes from a Hebrew phrase. It went all the way down to the wrist and to the ankles. Uh, if you wore a coat like this, you weren't dressed to do physical labor you're going to see something in verse two it says he's out in the field tattling on them and then a little bit later in verse six or beyond somewhere um jacob is sent to go find his brothers who are out in the field so it seems that coinciding with putting on this coat he's removed from the field and he's given a desk job or something like that um kind of like a matrix coat. yeah <laughs> that's a general idea
2: joseph is like the uh the right hand man of his father yeah
1: it seems, that it doesn't say that but if you kind of piece the pieces together you have to wonder if that's what happened
3: roomed
1: one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. so verse 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and they could not speak to him now verse 5, now Joseph had a dream and when he told his dream to his brothers they hated him even more he said to them, hear my dream, I have dreamed Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and it stood upright. And behold, your sheaves <laughs> gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Wow. And his brother said to him, that's a nice dream.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They
1: awesome. He said, are you indeed to reign over us? So you see, you know, there's tension already in the relationship. They immediately go to the obvious. Uh, are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams, not just dream, um, but this is one dream and for his words, all right? So he has a dream. He's obviously the favored one by dad. Now he's having dreams that he's telling them about how they're going to bow down to him, the younger brother, and so they hate him even more. Mm -hmm. Um, For this, he probably would have been better off. The dream is true, but he probably would have been better off not to tell him the dream. Kind of read the signs, look at people's faces, and said, you know, these people don't like me anyway. So
2: is this where people would say, okay, you know, we say there's nothing against Joseph, but would some people say, is he doing this? Is he doing this kind of like totally innocently? Like, hey, I had this dream. Yeah, I well, think. Like wide-eyed and like he's this is funny, young, or is he rubbing he it in their better. face? Is he doing a little yeah. yeah. He's this boasting well, he's and He's being a little
0: brother. He may be doing a little bit <laughs> of both. Like he doesn't know any better, and he's egging them all.
2: it's it. definitely taken as
1: <laughs> the benefit of the doubt would be. He's just a young kid, he doesn't know better. Um
3: well, he's the, busting their chops.
1: Maybe, yeah, yeah, that too. So I don't know, Mark. Uh you know,
3: you know like I'm gonna go a little bit ahead when he tells his father about the stars and the moon <laughs> yeah. bowing down to him. It sounds to me that he doesn't understand at that time the interpretation of right. the he just okay. you know, then the, maybe ego he in doesn't there. understand this interpretation either. Okay. So.
0: I'm with you, Ruth. Yeah. So he yeah. yeah. Girl power. That's what we're going with. Okay. Uh,
1: now, again, they know immediately the meaning of the dream, and the response is not surprising. They are angry with him, hate him even more. Question. Oh, oh boy. Does God still speak in dreams? Yes. He does? Mm-hmm.
3: On occasion. On occasion? When you, when you avoid
2: this. Why not? Why not? That's part of my
1: salvation experience. What are your salvation experience?
3: Do
1: you want to share some of it? No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I don't say hereby you got saved or anything, but it sounds exciting. So does God still speak in dreams? Why not, she said. Mm-hmm. Bob, you're a smart guy.
2: Well, you have all those <laughs> reports from the Middle East, especially yeah. in the Muslims, yeah. meeting uh, in Jesus in, Jean, in dreams.
1: Uh-huh. He said, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, and those are real. Has everybody heard about that, by the way? Mm-hmm. I have a, a book in there, um, Dreams and Visions, I believe it's called, and it's uh, story after story of Muslims that are coming to faith behind uh, sort of um, Islamic curtain, so to speak, where mm-hmm. people can't go in and preach. It's um, fascinating. Uh, okay. He, uh, he spoke well, to you, you said, as well, an yeah, example yeah, I in our the, day.
2: Here's the, the two-minute. All right, two minutes. Okay. 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 Go ahead. So, so uh, there was a guy that was sharing the gospel with me, and I grew up in church, so I knew the gospel and everything. But I was completely like not listening, (laughs) whatever. And I had a very disturbing dream, and I won't get all the details, but in the dream, I was I knew I was going to die, and I heard this voice as clear as we're talking here say, "Mark, you're about to die, and your life's not straight." And I woke up, and I was completely shaken, Mm -hmm. and I then you know. I went and talked to this guy again, and said, "Okay, I'll go to church with you. It'll just stop you." And so, you know, that's how God, cool. you know. All right, cool. me. It was very.
4: Well, that's right. great.
1: Yeah. You know, the New Testament, it says, uh, on the day of Pentecost, it, Peter quotes uh, the prophet Joel, and says that in the last in the last days, uh, young men will Green, see visions. Yeah. you Old mental dream dreams, or vice versa, I forget exactly, but it it does speak of. Now, the last days is not just Jesus coming back last days. This whole church era, Mm -hmm. Peter says, is the last days. And so there's no reason why God can't speak in dreams. Now, I would certainly say, let's be careful.
4: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: I I would much rather read my Bible and take that as my direction. Um, Twice in my life, now I've had lots of, I dream about. I used to have this dream about a polka dot Volkswagen uh, chasing me down the road. And it, we had one up in my neighborhood when I was little. That was not the Lord. Um, you know, so, you know, I I don't think every night, but a lot of nights I have dreams or whatever. Twice in my life uh, as a believer, I've had dreams that were different. And I knew, like, that was a different dream. And my response to it was, Huh. How about that? Let's see if that comes true. I, my feeling immediately was that was the Lord. And so I think the response was the proper one, not to you know, go sell my house based on the dream mm-hmm. or something, but to just sort of pull back and say, all right, Lord, I'll file that away. And it was interesting. One, the one dream, I was sitting somewhere, and as I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is the dream. This is exactly where I was and what happened in the dream. It's like the movie Lost or something, or the TV show. It was weird. Uh, now that I say it, it sounds weird, but it wasn't weird. And looking back, I'm like, you know what? I don't know why God gave me that dream. Because it didn't affect anything. It didn't change anything. It's not like I acted differently
4: to fulfill the dream.
1: Well, yeah, I, that's true. Um, and confirming and things yeah. like that. There was, And there was a second dream. The same type of thing um, occurred. And I never thought that would occur. It involved okay, my yeah. sister-in-law. Oh, no, no. This one involved my sister-in-law getting saved. Uh, mm-hmm. And 25 years later, she did. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, the point is, my question is this. Why does, now I understand why he's appearing to Muslims who can't have the gospel brought to them, or Mark, because he needed salvation, mm-hmm. and God was going to do it that way. But why does God reveal his will about on essential issues or whatever. Um, like I didn't need to know my sister-in-law was gonna get saved, necessarily. I don't no, That I,
4: sounds I encouraging no,
1: Okay, go ahead, what's that?
3: That sounds encouraging, mm-hmm. I would love to know. And I do trust that he is gonna save members in my family. And you know, it'd just be an encouragement.
1: To not give up or? Mm-hmm.
3: Not give up and you know, like. Maybe that dream puts you
1: on a trajectory.
2: Okay. that possibly happen. <laughs> okay but I think it's true that's true though that you, you said you know you got to make sure it doesn't it meshes with scripture because I I had another dream and I don't remember the exact circumstances but the person in the gr- in the dream I think it was my grandmother and she said something to me and it, you know obviously it stuck with me and I remembered it but I but I remember even waking up saying no that's not true that's not biblically true no, okay talking to the dead so you so gotta be no no i'm not it wasn't like a, it was it wasn't weird like that it was just like she said something that was factually not biblically true and so you have to be careful yeah that you I don't agree. say okay, okay i got a new doctor now certainly <laughs> the so. lord told me in a dream so therefore it's got to be true mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. right and if, if it ever does not line up with scripture it's, it's going to be up tossed up out with the trash mm-hmm. that's right and i don't think the people that in those in 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 the Middle East are hearing untruth. They're going to no. go to this person to hear about me, or well, they may not hear it any other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what's interesting, and this guy, I think it's Tom Doyle, who wrote the book who has a ministry in the Middle East to mm-hmm. Muslims and stuff. And one of the things he pointed out is the vast majority of these instances are not Jesus coming and explaining the gospel to them and them converting. Mm-hmm. It's you're going to see, you know, a guy with. This outfit on, or whatever, Kinda like
3: pointing to John Baptist. You, you know, and you'll Baptist. see him
1: at the bus stop tomorrow. And so then they go to the bus stop and they recognize him and they're like, you were in my dream last oh, night. I Is there you something mean, you I have to remember, tell me? I don't remember yeah. the specific
2: guy, but the the person Saul was supposed to go see, he, he saw. He, yeah, Acts. He, he told in a dream that. Uh, yeah, that uh, Ananias, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So uh, I do believe God can speak in dreams, and I would encourage you. Um, Know, to be open, if the Lord wants to do that, so, all right, Lord, what do you have for me here? I think the two instances I shared in my life, um, you know, they they just sort of as, as build up our faith. You know, just, all right, Lord, if you want to do stuff like that, you, that means you're still working in my life, and um, I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. All right. Okay. So that was his first dream. Does God still speak in dreams? Yes, He does. Uh, we will have to see if He speaks in any more dreams. The next time we come (laughs) together (laughs) You know here's a fun study if you want Um, Joseph's going to get a bunch of dreams in Egypt And there are more dreams from God Recorded having been um, given while the person was in Egypt Mm. Uh, in the Bible than in any other place. Um, so I don't know why.
4: So,
1: something about Let the area slavery. of Egypt, huh?
4: Mm-hmm. Is that good about? Oh, okay.
1: Uh, maybe it's like pepperoni pizza with, uh, you know, <laughs> they get you dreaming <laughs> something like that. All right. So, Mark, why don't you close us out in song, good brother?
0: Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your
4: phone.